Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tokens Podcast. I'm Iris, and I'm your co-host. I'm here with Jeffrey. Say hey, Jeff. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. I always say that because it's always Friday. Always. Well, you know what? When you're feeling good, it's always Friday. Or maybe Thursday Junior. Thursday Junior. I wonder. It's not even my favorite day of the week. It isn't? Oh, okay. Which, well, which day is your favorite day of the week? I'm going to go with Saturday. Saturday is my favorite day of the week, Classic. you know? Classic. You got that great productivity behind you. You still got a day ahead of you when you don't even, you know, no plans. No, you don't know what's going to happen. It's a free day. It's yours. So Saturday is that perfect sweet spot to just be like, no stress. For those who are listening to audio, you missed like Jeff's Saturday body, which is kind of like, it's kind of like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do anything. I'm going to yeah, go this that, way. I'm going to go that way. It's my Saturday wiggle. Yeah. I, I keep it very Night for dying. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And now we haven't even introduced Mr. Godfrey, our guest, and yet we we already got a little music cue from him. What were mm-hmm. you singing there, Brett? I think that was uh, Saturday Night by um, our favorite Elton John, a guest on the podcast, a future guest on the podcast. <laughs> and apropos to this co- Saturday conversation that we're having right yes, now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, Rhett, why don't you do us the honor of introducing yourself and to our audience? Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Rhett Godfrey. I'm the co-founder of the Blockchain for Social Impact Coalition, and I have the honor to uh, be doing a little work with Tokens, helping to structure their DAO, which I'm very excited about. And um, yeah, I'm an enthusiast of all things collaboration. I work in the social impact investment space. I help people build communities to do big stuff together. And that's why I love DAOs. I love it. And I'm also loving this look. So I saw you at NFT NYC mm. last week, mm-hmm. recently. And you, you, if I do recall, you were sporting the beard. So what happened? I was, yeah. And then I was mustachioed for a bit um, until yesterday. And much to my employees' lament, I shaved it off, but I saved it in a tiny box. Um, (laughs) So for any moment, I can just reapply it. Much much to their lament, but much to your mother's delight. Well, yeah. Well, one of them referred to me as Mario in a side chat. Everyone. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time. Okay. That might be an indicator. And for, again, our audience and Jeff's benefit, who is your mom? Neil Godfrey, the great Neil Godfrey. Yes. Author, extraordinaire, educator, uh, entertainer, on and on and on. She's I already know you. Your mother is a doting mother. You, your mother is so proud of her son, Rhett. I oh, cannot right. tell you. If my mother, I hope, I dream that when my mother talks to me about other people, that my mother speaks of me the way oh, your really? mother speaks. Yeah. Huge- I'm, I'm a proud son. You know, it goes both ways. I'm a doting son. Actually, I'm not sure if I'm a doting son, but I'm a son. I'm a 
100 uh, your mom is awesome she's a, a superstar and, and clearly very proud of you and because yeah. you're doing awesome things as well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about some of them we are here doing what we think is pretty important right we are trying to uh, educate the masses right the uh, families um, kids on what is web3 what can we expect what is to come and how do you get get armored for it right get prepared for it and uh, we really think that you have uh, I've done a huge thing for tokens, uh, helping to pave the way in terms of the DAO. And we would love to talk to you more about what that means and where we're going and why we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. So I was thinking we could just start all the way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you understand and the evolution in the history of DAO. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. So um, DAOs, the concept of DAOs have been around for a while. They've sort of been this the promise of blockchain. So the promise of blockchain is based upon this buzzword that you may have heard of called decentralization. Decentralization, not having a center, um, which uh, for the history of human organization has been a pretty rare thing. Uh, we have the concept of a company, we have the concept of governments, and almost all of these have some sort of hierarchical structure. They pretty much look like this. There's a few people on the top and they make decisions for everyone on the bottom. Um, What blockchain has allowed us to do is to have a series of rules and protocols um, that we call protocols to govern the way an organization works. So instead of an individual, instead, it's a series of rules. It's essentially like a child's dream of fairness, of real fairness. There's no bullies in this field. At least there doesn't have to be a bully in the field because everyone, everyone follows the same rules. So if you have a decentralized system, that means that anyone who comes in is equal to everyone else. Um, There's many types of decentralized protocols or decentralized rule schemes. Um, Each of those uh, ecosystems of decentralized rules we call blockchains. You have Ethereum, you have Bitcoin, on and on and on. Um, And then within that, uh, you could have some other really cool organizational setups. And these cool organizational setups, meaning actual little clubs of people, we call DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, D-A-O. Now, in reality, are they completely decentralized? Are they completely autonomous? And are they organizations? Debatable. Um, But we've we've just begun creating them, and there's some really cool ones. And they're considered to be at this point sort of the uh, the next evolution and I think the grand promise of what blockchain can bring humanity. It's not um, it's not going to be crypto bros running around, uh, you know, selling bored apes. It's going to be new forms of community organizations who are able to get together, um, trade resources, grow value, keep value inside of communities, and make decisions together. So we're talking DAO, decentralized autonomous organization, not like DAO, DAO Jones. Or DAO, DAO, like like DAO Te Ching, exactly. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 And I've had other time. And I I don't know that people really understand how those three words work together, even if individually they don't fully represent. You were saying, is it fully decentralized? Is it fully autonomous? Is it fully an organization? Maybe we should get a little bit more into that. Yeah, sure. So, um, so now this audience is going to is what is mostly young people, right? I'm guessing young people, families and noobs. Okay. And noobs. Okay. So, um, 
A DAO you can think of as basically a club. It's pretty much like like a club. And this club um, has rules to join the club. It has rules for how the club makes decisions, um, who gets to make those decisions, how often those decisions are given. Um, It has rules for who gets to put in a proposal to say, hey, I want there to be a change. Um, And then, of course, once you put in a proposal, people can vote on that. And there's also uh, part of the club is their bank account, their treasury, their their piggy bank, how they store money and then how they use money. So um, just like in any club, uh, there will be some people whose job it is to, you know, manage it in, in some ways. There may be someone who's like an administrator, someone who sends out the emails, who says like, dear everyone, here's what happened in the club today. Um, so just like in a normal club, in a DAO, you will also have these people um, who are administrators. So in that way, there is a little bit of centralized control. But in a good DAO, in a good functioning DAO, that person is not the bully of the group. They're not the leader of the group. They're someone whose job it is to spread information um, and whose job it is to follow the will of the group. If the will decide, if the group decides we're going to use our entire piggy bank today to get everyone Sour Patch Kids. Everyone gets Sour Patch Kids. That'd be awesome. I love Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch Kids. Um, then there needs to be someone who goes into the piggy bank and who releases that money so that everyone can get some funds to go buy Sour Patch Kids. Um, so when you think of a, a fully decentralized system in the ideal form, theoretically, it would mean that everyone is completely on the same level. But in a DAO, you have to give some people certain jobs, special jobs. You can release money for Sour Patch Kids. You can send information to the group, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why they're not fully decentralized. And the other part is autonomous. Autonomous would be that there is literally, it does not require any human intervention. Truly autonomous. That is not really the case with DAOs. There's a few of them which are truly like little robot systems um, that are truly autonomous. Like, for example, uh, you can think of Ethereum or Bitcoin as truly autonomous clubs. Anyone can come in. Um, and there's no human interventions that, that is required for someone to join, leave, trade, and communicate in those systems. It's In this case, the DAO is just a group of rules that govern a currency. And people agree to those rules by buying into it, and there needs to be no other human intervention from that point on. So you can have autonomous DAOs, completely non-human intervening DAOs, but they do simple things like being able to give me money or you money or you money or you money, you know, there's no one over there, by the way. (laughs) So why is a blockchain important to execute this the way that you're talking about it? Like why not just form a club and assign roles? Um, That is a really great question. Um, So you can do some cool stuff with a DAO that you can't do with a normal sort of club. Yeah. So let's think of um, a cool type of club. Like, let's say this club's job, it is to like collect playing cards. I don't collect playing cards, but maybe but other people do. They're I popular. They're popular. They're popular. So Pokemon card club. Okay. Um, so in a normal club, you would have to have a whole lot of trust. 
in each of the individuals. You say, okay, if I bring in five Pokemon cards, that means that you have to bring in five Pokemon cards and we're going to keep them together in this room and that at any moment someone can come in and take a Pokemon card. Let's say those, those are the rules. But that requires a significant amount of trust. Someone might come in and not be a nice, you know, a nice person and take a bunch of those Pokemon cards. Um, what you can do inside of a DAO is you can put up, you can set up some cool rules because remember a DAO has that shared piggy bank. So you can, you can put up a rule to say, okay, um, you have to put in $10 into this piggy bank. And if at, if, if you are, if you do something bad, we can keep those $10. And it's, what's cool about a DAO is that these things are run on what they call smart contracts. In a normal company, they have real contracts. A real contract is a real piece of paper that has to be, um, if, you, if you break that contract, a real person has to come in and um, basically arbitrate the argument, has to say, are you right? Are you wrong? And if you are considered to be wrong, then someone else has to go and they have to collect damages, meaning they have to correct the wrong that was made by going in and taking money from your account and giving it to someone else. Basically, how it goes. In a DAO, however, those rules are baked into an actual smart contract. So that means that money that you put into that piggy bank, if you are, if you do something wrong inside of the DAO, if I know that you took one of those Pokemon cards when you weren't supposed to, automatically, boop, that money is transferred. So it allows for everyone to follow a similar set of rules. Uh, it allows for everyone to have those, it allows for the whole group to have those rules automatically executed you know, automatically uh, to justice, to be automatically delivered. Um, and um, and that's just some of sort of the, uh, the opportunity. I'm not sure why I went for immediately for the arbitration, but, <laughs> uh, but that's a, it's a tiny example of what, what can be done. But there's a lot of other things that can be done, for example, as well. Let's say in the same club, Pokemon. Um, I can say anyone who, um, I can put in a little rule into my smart contract and I can say every, anyone who gives even a single Pokemon card will be given um, the money to buy one Sour Patch Kid. And in a normal club, um, I could do that. But what happens if I have a thousand people come into this club? All of a sudden I have a really big problem because I need to have a whole bunch of people to go and give the amount of money to each of those individuals to buy that Sour Patch Kid. That's incredibly time consuming. I don't have time to do that. So now I have to hire someone else. And now if I have to do that for a thousand people, I'm going to probably have to hire a few people to do that. So now all of a sudden my costs of running this club become super high. And now I need to charge all my members a whole lot more money. And I have to have levels of management and levels of hierarchy to deal with this little problem. The cool thing with a DAO is I can write this all into a smart contract. And so I can immediately say, if you give a Pokemon card, immediately I can send you money because I don't have to do it. It's automatically done by the little robot contracts, the smart contracts that are inside of this organization. It's interesting how we take out that human element and we lose some of that nuance or the interpretation of a rule. It sounds like the rules are very clear and probably because they're written code. Yeah, they have to be very clear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's basically a binary decision you did or you did not do this. You did or did not abide by our rules. Yep. I mean, and you can you can put in little fun, like, you know, tools inside of it, which was, sometimes happens to say, like, if someone did or didn't, there might be a verification group to say that, yes, in this fact, in, in this case, Iris, I, I verify that Iris did X, Y, Z um, activity. 
that's usually built in for um, for security because sometimes people come into these systems and they try to hack them. They try to break them and take all of the Pokemon cards. And so sometimes you need for a human to verify if a transaction is legitimate or not, if it's a real person. Just like when you you know when you go onto a website and they say, "Are you a human?" That is a verification protocol to say, "Okay, do you know what a streetlight looks like?" Because apparently. A robot doesn't know what a streetlight. <laughs> yeah, those those captures are getting more and more difficult, and I question my own humanity from time to time. Oh, absolutely! I was like, I don't know what a motorcycle is. Is that a is that really <laughs> a bicycle? It's an electric bicycle. Is that a motorcycle? Yeah. And sometimes the like it's just the corner of the streetlight that kind of bleeds into the next square. I know. So click like, click the box. It. Always That's, click the yeah. box. Right. So <laughs> within within the framework of tokens, for instance, yeah. give me an example of a, a what it what it would mean to me as being part of um, the tokens DAO. Yeah, sure. What, what 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 rights would that give me? Yeah. So tokens DAO, um, there's two really cool parts of the tokens DAO. I think the coolest part. So there's a granting part and there's an educational part. Um, what a DAO means is basically is group choice. That group choice governs the organization. Now. Um, in Tokens DAO, this group is kids. If you're lucky, if you're watching, it's a kid, it's you. You get to choose. You literally get to choose how the organization runs. And there's two types of DAO functions, or there will be two types of DAO functions in, in Tokens DAO. Um, there is grants, charity. You get to decide where money goes to different charitable organizations that help kids or organizations that you're interested in. It's your choice. It's no one else's choice. Your choice. Um, that's a pretty cool and standard function that has been running in DAO, running in for a whole bunch of DAOs for a while. Um, the second one is a little bit more interesting, which I find to be uh, fun, which the other one's fun too, but um, is an educational DAO. So generally when you go to school, I mean, we are, most of us have been to school. I've been to school a few times. Um, uh, you have uh, zero choice about what you learn. Absolutely zero. You do not get to choose. You are the pupil. You sit there and someone talks to you all day long because they are the expert. But you do not get to choose what is taught in the class. What's taught in the class we call a curriculum. You do not get to choose the curriculum. But uh, when you're an adult, you realize that there's a whole nother way of learning, which is basically interest-based, inquiry-based. You may have found this in your own life already. And that way of learning is a really potent way of learning. When you ask your own questions and you go find the answers. What's cool about an educational DAO is it can flip the way a classroom runs. The students themselves can ask questions. People can vote up those questions, which question they think is best. And then in the community piggy bank, in the community treasury, there's an amount of money associated with the questions that get the most vote. Awesome. So the moment you hit that threshold, money is released for the creation of that piece of the curriculum that you chose. So it's building a school upside down and putting you first, you the student first. It's a really exciting way to build um, an educational program. And it's something that Tokens DAO and hopefully a lot of other educational DAOs will take forward. Very Pretty cool. cool. Pretty innovative, right? Yeah, right. It's awesome, right? Yeah. So let's let's talk about inevitability for a minute. Sure. The wave of Web three mm -hmm. is approaching, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's crested yet, but we can see it on the horizon, and it's growing mm. and growing and growing. How long before everybody is a member of a DAO? Ooh, some some great. way, some some shape, question. somehow, some form. Um. 
That's a really good question. I think, so I'm a little bullish on these things, obviously. Um, I think we're talking about, when I say when I say everyone, let's say we have to temper that slightly. So it's not, you know, 2 billion people in the world don't have cell phones. Okay. So, um, and have very, and, you know, you know, the same, that same group and more don't have access to internet. So if you're talking about the present online population, how long will it take them to be part of a DAO? Uh, I would be shocked if th- three years, I'd be shocked if the entire online population was not part of at least one DAO in three years. Truly, truly shocked. Wow. Um, I think there's interesting basis for this too, because maybe right, you could talk a little bit about the evolution from co-op, which has been around for forever, yeah. to DAO and how quickly DAO has really exploded vis-a-vis co-ops. Yeah. Um, so in the United States, um, as in 2018, there was something like, and I'm, I have the number 644, but it's something like that. I might be off by a few points. Uh, registered cooperative organizations in the United States that weren't buildings, cooperative buildings. There's a lot of cooperative buildings, um, but actual cooperative organizations, something like 644, 645. Um, that is almost nothing compared to how many little small businesses there are in the world, what we call LLCs or limited companies. You know, there are, you know, millions of limited companies registered in the United States and there's 644 cooperative organizations. That's ridiculous. Um, and the question is, is uh, why? What's up with a cooperative and why don't we see more cooperatives? A cooperative is a very interesting organization because uh, a cooperative is like a club. Okay, um, A club's goal is not to make money. So they're not for-profit organizations. The goal of a limited company or a normal company is primarily is to make money. The goal of a cooperative organization is not to make money. However, they're also not a nonprofit. They're not a charitable organization. The goal of a cooperative is to give some value to its members and to try to deliver that value as great as possible and as cheaply as possible. Like probably a familiar example would be like a grocery store cooperative. Yep, a grocery store cooperative, exactly. So the, the idea of a grocery store cooperative is to provide the most nutritious and greatest uh, you know, variety of foods to its members. Unlike a non-cooperative supermarket, and their goal is to make money. Now, of course, they have to make money by making sure that they can continue to get customers and they continue to get customers by giving you good produce. But their goal at the end of the day is to make money. They happen to do that through giving you vegetables or whatever they do in a supermarket. I've been to a supermarket. Um, so, um, so what, what the, uh, what the issue is, is with a lot of cooperative organizations is that it's hard for them to get funding often because you don't, a venture capitalist is not interested in, uh, putting money into a cooperative organization because these things don't make profits for venture capitalists. They don't, some of them make profits, but in this case, they make profits for members. They make profits for themselves. Um, so it's been very hard for these organizations to get off the ground because of funding. It's also really hard for them to get off the ground because since they're cooperative organizations, the group themselves has to make decisions. And I don't know if you've been watching the news recently, but democracy is very difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, Understatement of the year. Yeah, it's pretty hard. So in order to have a functional cooperative, you need to make sure that everyone has 
the same information. You need an educated populace, and it has to be an equitably educated populace. People who have more difficulty accessing the information need to be worked even harder to make sure that they get that information. Why? Because these people vote, and you don't want people voting inside of your cooperative organization if they don't know what's up. They don't know what's up, they're gonna make bad choices. And when they make bad choices, it's bad for everyone. So sharing information is difficult to do. It's expensive to do. How do you coordinate that? Also, voting is very difficult to do. How do you make sure that people vote? And also, how do you make people sure that people can make proposals for improvements, additions, changes to that cooperative organization? All of those pieces of administration plus this funding mechanism make it really hard for cooperatives to get off the ground. Despite the fact that we know like, you know, in our heart that, yeah, an organization that whole job is to just provide me with value, not to make money for someone else. We love these things theoretically, but they're just very difficult to run and manage. And this is what is the game changer of what DAOs bring to the table. Um, DAOs allow for you to have simple funding mechanisms to simply raise money from a group. It allows you to have on-chain voting so everyone can see what everyone's vote is. Everyone is accessible to the vote without any administration. It allows you to make changes to rules through those voting mechanisms. It allows for anyone to make a proposal at any time for everyone to see those proposals. and allows for all information to be shared equally amongst all members. Um, and that's a real game changer for cooperative organizations and for cooperation itself. And I think that people have caught on because DAOs, from what I understand, have really been exploding. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yes. Uh, you know, you, it's a full hockey stick curve. There are now, you know, in 2016, there was one DAO, one. Um, in, um, in 2021 on Ethereum alone, there was 4,300 DAOs. Today, 2022 in June, there are thousands of DAOs being launched every month. Wow. Um, because what is a DAO? It's a co-op. And I can create a co-op between the three of us right now. Like, what do you guys want to do? Let's decide on the thing. Sour Patch Kids, obviously. Sour Patch Kids. I'm in. I'm, you know I'm in. I'm in on that one. Um, but of course, as we see DAOs grow, we're going to run into these age-old problems, and we're going to build new tools and new mechanisms to solve those problems. Those age-old problems are people, you know? Sometimes people are really difficult to organize and manage. Um, but when you have communities that are already pretty well organized and pretty well managed, a DAO can supercharge their growth. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy cool. The potential. It's cool. it's cool. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I, I'm excited. And if we think about the problems of the next world, of the new world, um, I think they're primarily problems of a whole bunch of people trying to act together to, to benefit all people. We've been really good with our old world, our old economy, about helping to benefit ourselves, um, helping to benefit corporations but, um, and individuals. But we've been pretty bad about benefiting communities. We've done pretty bad at benefiting nature. We're benefiting equity. Um, and these are all really problems of coordinating a whole bunch of people together to benefit the community however you want to define that. So Rhett, what would be your kind of parting advice to kind of early mass adopters, families and kids who might be a little trepidatious about entering into this space? Like what would be your parting yeah. advice? Um, my advice would be um, get your hands a little dirty. Um, most of these DAOs you can join for um, 
very cheaply or no money. Like I wouldn't, you know, sometimes a DAO has a membership fee, which is very high. Don't, don't get into those. That's like a little too high stakes of a game, but there's, um, there's many DAOs who um, have very easy entrance pathways. There's a lot of DAOs which are really silly and easy to get involved with, like Pizza DAO, whose whole role it is just to throw pizza parties. That's all they do. And there's a lot of other really silly DAOs like that. There's like, you know, dinner party DAOs and on and on. There's a whole, and there's a bajillion popping up all the time. Um, I I um, encourage you to join tokens DAO when it launches. Um, there's going to be a there's many, many, many DAOs that will be popping up that you should join. Um, join one and see what it's like. Um, you might find, depending upon the community, that you really love this community. Um, they might be really cool and they have cool chat platforms and they'll help to onboard you and educate you and they'll support you. And then you can make decisions in that organization. Um, they might hire you for certain jobs. Um, so what my... My advice is basically uh, is if you're interested at all in this world, which you don't have to be interested in it, it's going to come whether you're interested in it or not. Um, but if you want to get involved now, um, look in, look at yourself, look at your in, own interests and type in online if your interests match an existing DAO. And if it's not this month, then it's going to be next month. And it's not the next month, it will be the next month that one will pop up. If you like mycology or other things i can only think of my college <laughs> random what's only mycology what, what is that like uh, mushrooms if you like mushroom you know fungi. They're, they're very interesting yeah mycology is study of fungus study of yeah yeah study of, study of fungus <laughs> i like mushrooms uh, they're very cool they're fantastic they're amazing they're not plants and they're not animals but there's something else yeah <laughs> For another podcast. I've never thought podcast. about this. I've never yeah. thought about it that way. You you do strike me as a fun guy. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to join know your this, doubt. I didn't know this was <laughs> like, you. you know, Token's comedy hour. So right. people should join the mush, the Mycology DAO and the Token's DAO. Yeah, and the and Token's check DAO. Check it out. And, right. And Pizza DAO and a whole bunch. Of, I mean, there's... There's a, a lot of opportunities right now to join some DAOs. It depends what you're into. If you're trying to get into the NFT space, for example, there's a lot of DAOs that you can join that if you don't want to buy a NFT, you can become a member of these DAOs. And together, the DAO makes decisions on what NFTs to buy, and they buy them and sell them, and then you can make money if you're interested in NFTs as assets. That's, that's for, for example. Um, if you're a developer or programmer and you're interested in the uh, the different programming languages that are in the Web3 space, you know, Solidity and otherwise, there's a whole bunch of DAOs that you can join that allow you to immediately start to make money by writing code. Uh, so you can, these DAOs, these, these clubs, um, a lot of them are not just clubs offering a service, they're actually businesses, organizations uh, that can immediately start to pay you for your skills. Um, if you spend a lot of time online and you love chatting to people, there are hundreds of DAOs right now that need community managers, people to come to help to monitor Discord channels, if you know what Discord is, yep. um, and to help to answer people's questions. Uh, so they will pay you real money 
or tokens. Um, and so a lot of these DAOs, they issue their own type of currency, which the value of that currency rises as more and more people want to come to the DAOs. And usually they'll pay you a little bit of money in tokens and a little bit of money in real money um, or in fiat currency, like in dollars or in euros. Um, so uh, depending upon the DAO you choose, if you, get in, if, if you get into it and the DAO grows and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, it has thousands of members, which many of them do, uh, you're, you can make a lot of money just because you're interested in the space. So I would say get into it now, get your hands dirty, find out what you're interested in and what you might and what you can offer to these communities, because there are communities. They don't thrive by people looking, sitting on the side and peeping in. They they are they thrive by people having the same interest. And so if you're interested in them, jump in. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Rhett Godfrey. Rhett, thank you so much for joining us today on the Tokens Podcast. For you Tokens listeners, you can find the Tokens Podcast anywhere that podcasts are distributed and on social media, on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Search for Tokens, T-O-E-K-E-N-Z, and you will certainly find us. Thank you to my co-host, Jeff. Appreciate you. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this discussion on decentralized autonomous organizations. We can't wait to share our DAO on the Tokens platform with you. In the meantime, please subscribe to the Tokens podcast. Please, if you're so inclined, give us a five-star rating and follow us on social media at Tokens. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time and take care. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.